When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. Maybe they could fold him down, though. Maybe he turns into a suitcase. But who carries him? Uh, it's some bloke. <laughs> <laughs> just some bloke. His name's Dennis or Malcolm. I don't know. Some fucking bloke. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Come on, Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, hell yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Started as I was taking a drink, Tom. No, I thought I'd just just keep on your taking toes. All of, taking all of the the intro festivities for yourself, you monster. Keep keep you on your toes. Keep you on your toes on here. I never get to no. no I'm just oh, he's, it's a it's a it's a grand start. It's a grand day out, Wallace. We're going back on a grand on a grand time to 1996. I'm Tom Campbell. And a resident WCW kid, Sam Driver, who is still eating a chomp from the intro. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, sorry, I'm picking my teeth, but it's like proper. No, you, mate, you crack on. What, the one thing we pride ourselves on with the classic reviews is don't worry about them being too professional. It's fine. We've done watch-alongs where not, we've just chomped at through I'm pizza. Not, at least I'm not chewing into the mic this time, yeah. That, oh, that's, that's the best, There's though. nothing worse than when you get to those watch-alongs and we've maybe gone one beer too far and we're starting to <laughs> wheeze into the mics and it's just like... It's proper Kevin Nash eating ravioli territory. It's just like, <gasps> well, I think that Hogan's a bit of a dick. <gasps> I do as well, yeah. <laughs> he was very wheezy he when he was breathing like Gordon Brown. Like, <laughs> some bigoted woman. I, why did, like, once I noticed that, I couldn't unnotice it that Gordon Brown would, he'd breathe his bottom lip in. He'd go, oh, like a snake. And then he'd like catch it as if he was, I don't know, like, like it was some game. I tell you, I noticed, uh, similar to Gordon Brown, trying to catch his <laughs> lower lip like a game. He has a metal and it, hand. <laughs> there's quite a lot of, um, there's a lot of news readers around the country on the radio yeah. who, before they start reading the next story, go, and now I can't unhear that oh, yeah, intake it's, of it's, breath. Well, as an editor, it's, it's all you hear. Like, <laughs> it's all the stuff you usually have to cut out quite a lot of the whole. And like, there's a lot of noises that you make when, when you, I mean, there, there's a lot of noises you make when you talk that you sometimes don't even realize, especially like mouth uh, kind of opening. Mm. Like it just, uh, some people it's kind of, you can hear the mouth opening really cleanly. So it's like, or it'll be kind of, or so everybody's kind of got their own little thing. It's weird. The trick is, breathe off the You put it in the little, put it in a little book and that, that's like the editor's book of information about everybody. 
and that's it. That's you know, a, it's permanent so, record. So therefore, they you, they know what you're getting. No, 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 no. We've got all the dirt on you. Oh, really? I know all your secrets, Tom. Wow. I know that you breathe in sometimes. <laughs> oh no! You found <laughs> out my dirty secret. You're gonna have to. I don't know. Pride myself on being one take Campbell during the voiceover. Well, really? I pride myself on being well. One, I try to be a bit of a one take Campbell. I think. Uh, it's always good to have a second take. Because I normally edit it myself. So I just monstrous <laughs> person. <laughs> oh. How are you, Sam Driver? I'm grand. I um I had to travel this weekend during the rail strike. Oh. And you would think that that would mean that the services that are going to run um are given some form of special attention to the fact that people who need to travel on these days need to travel. It's not, you know, just frivolously, oh, I'm gonna nip to the shops. Like need to be somewhere, need to get back. Uh, and there was just such a mess on. I got home at like two o'clock this morning and I should have got home at quarter to 12. And hell. my tickets, they're going, no, we're not going to refund you. So I'm going to write a lovely, strongly worded actual letter. Because uh, the other part of it was the the station I was set to depart from. They were like, oh, can't, can't depart any trains from there today. Uh, somebody's nicked the signal and cables. And that was all over the app. It was all over all of the boards. It was all over everything. So I get a taxi for like 10 quid all the way to the next stop, get on there, and then the train stops at the stop I was supposed to get on. You're joking. Even though at the next stop along, it was like, yeah, no, we're not stopping here, so don't get on if you want to stop here. We're not stopping here. Don't get on. Oh we can't God. stop here. We can't do... You get on the train, it stops there. And it was like... And then got to Leeds. Um, and because my train, it just uh, kept like waiting before it arrived so it would be like oh we're here in five and then it would just be like delayed no number and then we'll be here in 10 delayed no number and then it, it just yeah I, I missed my connection I was stuck in leeds at one point it looked like i wouldn't be able to get out of leeds then made it to york and then got stuck in york and then got on a train at like quarter to one i think at york bloody yeah so it's been a it's been a fun old 12 hours Jeez, but yeah you'd, you'd think that the services where they're like these are gonna run on these days They'd ensure that stuff, man, because people are traveling for really serious reasons usually. So you think sort so. your shit out, you man. Think it's, so. it's just a rail industry here. It needs nationalizing, man. It costs yeah. too much. It's cheaper to fly places. It's so ridiculous. Like, the price it's cheaper to fly. <laughs> it's it's like four times the cost sometimes to get like a train than to fly. I, it's bewildering, man. We I remember we had to go to Southampton for a wedding, and yeah. it was. Again, cheaper and quicker. It works out like it's like 150 fly. quid, 180 quid yeah. to get a train. And yeah, or like an hour on a plane for like 70. Yeah, and that's it. And so you have to <laughs> expand your carbon footprint yeah. and, and fly. Get yourself a new big pair of carbon shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stomping well, you're not seeing you're not seeing the whole thing where there's a guy that flies to London every day um, because it's cheaper than the train. And then the cost of his plane went up. So now he goes uh, home airport to Dublin, Dublin to London. And it takes longer, and he goes further, but it still costs like a quarter of the train Flip. to commute. So he does that every single day. Stops at Dublin Airport twice. Jeez! <laughs> but then what's the like? <laughs> I, I get that. I, I get people want to save money, but yeah. Well, 
when do you stop then? Because you're taking all your time getting home from your job. Flying. Yeah, but then if they if they're gonna like double the price of the route that's there, and yeah. then another company doesn't, do you take the company that doesn't? I was gonna say, could you not just move to London? I realised. Well, that? yeah, no, you, you could, but you know, like you'd, you'd need at least a six figure salary to live normally there. <laughs> yeah, or you could rent a cardboard box for three grand a month. Yeah, you know, uh, who needs to buy people. anything when you can just line the pockets of landlords, right? Yeah, mm. there is that. Um, Talking of lining pockets, mm-hmm. uh, we have set a date for our Alex and I's engagement party. Yeah, you're doing it the day before I get back from Los Angeles. Oh, no! This oh, will be my final no! Nitro review. This will be my final Nitro review. We'll take you and Steph for dinner No, 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 no. This will be my final Nitro review, as I wasn't consulted in your wedding party. <laughs> Even though, you know, Alex from... I'm such an intrinsic part in this. <laughs> I am offended Mate, deeply. You can do you can I, do you no, can be I mean, the DJ. It's one of those things. It's one of those things. It's, it's one of those things. You, it? It's you. Plus and fuck it's... that. We'll take you for food. Fucking it... you'll take us for food. You, fuck off. You it's for your dinner. engagement, you prick. We'll take <laughs> you for dinner. <laughs> and then there's Alex, uh, one of the editors from Triple Jump, mm-hmm. who's having a charity boxing fight on the same night. So we've we I've so we've really upset the apple here cart is, with is, uh, is that uh, you should never let Tom Campbell plan a party. Apparently not. Apparently not. Because <laughs> I've, I've be upset night, everyone. It'll, it'll be great. It'll be a very. Where you guys? Uh, where you guys got planned for it? Uh, we've got we've, we've booked out a, a, a little venue. For, Why don't you tell everybody so they can no. turn up? That's because I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> uh, we've booked out a little venue for an evening somewhere in the UK. Um, and it'll be sort of like a drop-in, drop-out type affair. Alex initially wanted a sit-down dinner, and this is where mm. I've had to kind of sort of establish a bit of dominance. Of, I'm going to be the husband here. This is what I think should happen. This is what I'd like to happen. I'm not. I'm normally pretty laissez-faire, but I've got no. Can it not just be a nice venue where people can come and have some drinks, come in and go as they please, pop in, pop out? That's I think that's the point cash. where my dad, with what you've just said, I think it's the point where my dad would just kind of giggle to himself and then just kind of look at you like. Uh. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. But actually, we on this occasion, Alex yeah. has relented and gone. Yeah, um, honestly, we'll do that. I just hope I you prefer... have a fantastic night. And yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm getting to the point where I I just don't really like going out out anymore. Well, like, that was kind of my thinking I, for this evening. Because it's just like if people yeah. don't want to like have a big occasion, they can if they feel like it, but they can float in and have a drink it's, and it's leave. It's more again. so like the, it just everything feels so samey that now it's like hell. I'd I'd, I'd go for a night in flares just for the fun <laughs> factor of it. I'd just go to anywhere. mix it up. I like going to normie places from mm. time to time. But I yeah, I don't know what it is like. I think it might just be part of getting older. But the idea of going back to you know, just going out every weekend, just like nah. <laughs> it's a horrifying. Waking film. up like a hundred quid lighter with just just the worst hangover in the world. Yeah. Which is why I, which is why I would, if it was me going to a party, if yeah. it was like a drop in, drop out, a bit like you know. Oh no, nights like that, of course, they're for fine. Celebration, float in, I'd, float I'd be, out. I'd be all over that. But then it's fine then, because because okay, you can't make the engagement do, mm. then that's fine because. We we have been mega organised and we've gone and bloody set a date for the wedding. Nice, already, Jesus yeah. Christ! So we're looking end of end, uh, the end of twenty twenty four. Okay, so we've got a few years. We found a venue that we've fallen in love with. Well, why don't you tell everybody where it is so they big, can turn up? And that's why I won't. <laughs> Are you doing it on on the day of your stream? Oh, oh we'll stream we'll live we'll stream li- it. live stream it to <laughs> yeah. a few people. Eleven quid a pop on on pay per view. Oh yeah, we could yeah. pay per view it actually. 
You're going to have to come up with some sort of fantastic entrance, though, with Pyro. Oh, hell you know, yeah. It's going to have to be worth the 11 quid, Tom. Alex Alex has said that... <laughs> Alex, Alex has already got the ideas in place. The 11 quid. 15 at best. Uh, well, no, you'll see 11 of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll take my cut. The other day, I'm only human. Um, Alex has got already in mind like the theme, because I think she's had it... Her, yeah. She's had the theme in mind. Because the, the way she went, right, this is what I'm thinking. I was like... How you come <laughs> you, up with this this quick? Will you, you marry this... me? She just pulled out this tome, this leather tome. <laughs> this is how we're doing it. And she just goes, this is it. There you go. She's always like, the one idea that she's had, um, she said, because she, she wants like white roses, because Yorkshire, mm -hmm. yeah. and I like that. And she says, I want to do something that's kind of the coming together of families. Would you be willing to wear Campbell colors? Like tartan. Okay. Yeah. Would you? How do you feel about wearing a kilt to your wedding? I was like, Originally, I was very much like it. Just it feels a bit insincere because I don't really feel imagine like I the embrace. air conditioning, Timothy. I mean, that's imagine this is, the air conditioning. You're on my wavelength because this is where, where I was at. We're sweaty boys. Yes. The hotel proved that in mm. Cardiff. <laughs> Come on, I, you know you've got all the AC in the world there, and if it's a slightly mm. breezy day, you're laughing. And that is where I started you coming can just around. Pop your legs together, warm up for a bit. Cool off. I open them up. Jobs yeah. are good. And so I think I'm wearing a kilt to my wedding. Nice. I think I'm doing a kilt. Are you going to come out to some corn? <laughs> Jonathan Davis popularized the come kilt out for a creed if I can. Come <laughs> out of my sacrifice. Hello, my friend. There's a whole video intro. We just do a Tom Campbell cut of the, the, the desire. Alex has insisted that I put my stamp on her plans. And so my, my stamp will be ridiculous. And I'm excited. So you're going to turn up with a giant stamp, aren't you? <laughs> With your face in profile. Ah, you told and me just, to put my stamp on it and I take everything literally. Just putting it on top of everything. Just sticking <laughs> it to the cake, sticking it to people who are attending. <laughs> I can't wait. Covering the toilet walls of the very nice venue. <laughs> just uh, everything, yeah. Stamps everywhere. That's what you told me to do. I take everything literally. But we've got a few years to fall out before then, so there's plenty of time. Hey, to get come on. <laughs> oh no, we're fine. I'm, 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 I'm very excited for it. Um, we're gonna go nice. see the venue in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be amazing, just, man. Mate, I'm just, I am gobsmacked, like Alex, that we've been this organised. Yeah. Like, oh, we've got a date. I'm that's, sort that's of, a thing. I'm I, as I'm sort of approaching my, my well, I'm, I'm in my early thirties. I'm in my mm. early thirties, but I, I'm sort Me of. Too. Um, I, I <laughs> it, it's just more that I'm getting annoyed by my own lack of preparation. To the point where it's just like, I now oh. am going to, just for everything. Oh, okay. So it's like, I'm now going to be regimented as fuck. So it's like, going to wake up at this time. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. This is going to happen. And it's just going to be stick to the plan. Ooh. Stick to the plan. And, and start being a fucking adult. You can't eat beige for tea. You've got to <laughs> do stuff. you got to cook a meal. Eat some fish, vegetables. Go for a walk. <laughs> Don't just lie on the couch. Don't get drunk three nights a week. You know, there's a lot of things that go into being an adult. Do you feel like you don't walk enough? The walking one was one. Uh, I'm, I'm walking more now because I live like on West End of town and I walk in. So I'm doing about two and a bit miles a day. So nice. it's not See, that's too bad. a good start. And then on like certain nights, if it's just like, no, it's pretty all right. Like I'll just walk proper long way. I'll just go up mm. and over the back of town and then drop down. That's a good, that, and that'll mm. do more for you more than you realize. Oh, mate, no, seriously, it's, it's grand. It's just because I've moved in and I'm like, I'm always left, right and center and all over the place. So it's just like, I, I'm kind of room by room whenever I move because just the way my brain is with work and everything, uh, it sort of just takes time. So living rooms like almost there. 
And it's like, oh, the spare room with loads of these boxes still. But they're not, they've been like unpacked and repacked into like, okay, this goes here, this goes there. So it's not like unpacking still. But it's just like, right, this week I'm going to sort that room. And then we're going to sort the laundry room. And we're going to put that nice cabinet there. And then that's it. There's your, your house. And you've now got to just keep it fucking clean. Just keep it clean. <laughs> keep it clean. Put things in the sink. Clean them. Use the dishwasher. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so you're being an adult then. You're yeah, doing it's, it. It's shit though, because I'm being dragged kicking and screaming into it by myself. Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to be boring old. But you look, it's, I don't want to sit there cutting about, grass. It's all about balance, right? It's all about balance. Do your tax return. And then do some meth. Do some meth. Yeah. And then a bit of Lego. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's life. Roll a fatty and go talk to the bank people about mortgages. There you go. Yeah. You, you, ba- everything is balancing yeah. in life. Everything Why is balancing in life, you know. We <laughs> we did our wedding planning stuff. Take your we, dad break along to talk to yeah. the mortgage advisor. See if they want to go. There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. We did. <laughs> Take your meth dealer. You'll have a great time. Um... Like we did me some money, mate, and the bank guys just go, "Don't, don't." <laughs> <laughs> Better interest interest rates than you fuck. Because <laughs> we did, um, we did uh, the 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 party, the engagement party organization, and booked the wedding venue on the same day. Yeah. So therefore, like that's enough adulting for today. That's, it's going to yeah. be turkey dinosaurs and smiley I, faces for tea. But the thing is, like you, you've done something that, that takes some people so long, like I, the prep and that level of kind of just getting shit done. That's when you know you're an actual adult. Well, it's one of them. It was. This is quite easy because shows Alex, you're ready for it. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm excited for it. Alex is. Alex has had in her in her mind's eye one particular venue her entire life, mm. and they are family friends who run it. So we. I just went. Look, let. I'm not gonna. I can't think of anywhere in the West Midlands that is as anywhere near as nice as what you're suggesting. Well, famous West Midlands venue I'm... Wembley Stadium <laughs> at the end of November what? 2024. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled, ticketmaster.com. I'm excited for all my friends from Wolverhampton who message you asking, since when was Wembley in West Midlands? Wembley's in London. It's got the first two letters the same. It's it's true, actually. That's that's what we base it on. Westminster is in the West Country. (laughs) Everything that's westerly is there, right? Westeros. And the West Country is in the West Midlands. Yeah, it's, they're not. It's not. Oh, it's complicated. Everything's in the West Midlands. Geography. Everything. <laughs> what about the East Midlands? Poor things. Right. Oh, that it's not real. That's a that's a myth. These. <laughs> that's a myth. Have you ever been? Now you say it. Yeah, I've never been. Therefore, it's not I've real. Never seen an. Do you East know anybody Midlands. that's been? Oh, now you do we have listeners it. from there? I don't think we do. I, I now you say it. I know somebody from Derby. Somebody go, from I the am. West. You know, West Midlands is going to write in probably mm. next week and complain that you know I, that they're from the East Midlands, even though they're from the West, mm. just to try and just to try and get in there. But the East Midlands isn't real. I don't. Th- yeah. Now, now you've got me thinking. I don't think I've ever been to an East Midland. I'm not sure the centre of Wales exists either because I've only been to the top and bottom. So. Is there any North and South Wales? Yeah. <laughs> There's no central Wales. It's <laughs> all there is. Uh, you have been sending. E- hey, look! If any of this upsets you, it's classic at cultaholic.com. Um, Send me a review. <laughs> bring in, bring the noise, you cowards. Um, uh, uh, as people have been doing, uh, we've had some emails. Thank you very much indeed for getting involved. Uh, a lot of giant haystack stuff to filter through. Of course. So two out of these three are based on giant haystacks. All right, go for uh, it. One is uh, the first one is on a friend of yours. So uh, greetings, Tom Campbell and Sam Devil Driver. Sorry, Sam Driver. It's a little joke that he did there. I'll briefly put in some thanks and appreciation in the opening sentence, and then a question for. 
for you. So there's the thanks and appreciation. Uh, would Loch Ness slash Giant Haystacks have gotten over if he was in attire that resembled Morrigan from Darkstalkers? Cheers, Justin, a.k.a. Cyberwaste. I, I saw people talking about Darkstalkers and Morrigan, but I have no idea what it is, and I, I forgot to Google it. Morrigan, I believe, is me. she the vampire lady that has a... a Chebs out for the lads. I think the the Morrigan that I remember reading about is like a if it is the Morrigan, it takes the shape of a horse, but like a flayed horse. It's like an evil, skinless, demonic horse, and it chases you across like the moors and the marshes. And the only way to escape it is to cross a body of water. Right. So if you cross a river, it can't cross, but it will find you. And it, it's like a shape shifting Wendigoon style thing, but it takes the form of this like skinless oh. horse. But I, I kind of just want one of those as a pet. That'd be a lovely pet. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like that. Is your pet. horse all right? It's not a horse, it's a morrigan. It's not a horse, it's a morrigan. Don't worry, its liver's supposed to be on the outside, you know? There's no outside, it's all inside. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, so that's morrigan anyway. Yeah, I oh for sure. If if uh, yeah, if if Haystacks came out like that, I I think he'd be well over. <laughs> <laughs> over Can you imagine? like bloody rover. <laughs> Hogan! <laughs> Check out me baps, Hogan! I'm going to have you! He's just got these little rubber wings just like, <laughs> flapping around. Because <laughs> it'd be 1995 level of, of gear. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's going to be some very visible stitching. Be very shonky. The stuffing's not going to be kind of fully in there because it's had to go in a suitcase with some shoes that's pushed the stuff in a bit funny. So they're a bit lumpy wings. Can we get some cable that can pick him up? Oh, if he could float oh. to the ring. Well, in fairness, Jimmy Hart should just use him as like a big wrecking ball at that point. That's a good shout. Yeah. That's a really good shout. But then would Jimmy Hart get the win or would it be Loch Ness? I think we'd win. Would it be the crane? <laughs> I think we, I think we'd win wrestling if that happened. Technically, though, if, if Haystacks is lowered onto his opponent, the crane is on top. So the crane, so, so the, the crane, the crane could become world champion. So the crane becomes world champion. How do we feel about a crane becoming the world champion? Well, it's, it's probably happened to DDT. <laughs> it probably so. has actually. <laughs> the Iron Man heavy metal weight won by a crane and a bus, <laughs> not Fraser Crane, an entire sadly. crowd. <laughs> uh, Fergus Jeffs writes in a mm -hmm. couple of notes on our friend Giant Haystacks. Okay, number one, turns out. It wasn't 1996 WCW who blessed him with the gimmick name Loch Ness, because Giant Haystacks used the name Loch Ness or the Loch Ness Monster when he was wrestling in North America, Whoa. presumably to avoid confusion with Haystacks Calhoun. Okay. Well, that's so that we we dragged WCW yeah. for that, so we'll we, we well I'm going to continue to drag him for it, but that's oh. a nice nice actual fact that prior to his '96 really cool. run, he'd wrestled a few matches for Stampede as the Loch Ness Monster in 1980. That doesn't surprise me given the Stampede. UK connections. Including a match against Jim Neidhart. Nice. Wow, I want to see it. I want to see Neidhart guy. hurling him around a ring. Oh, it smell like onions. Young Neidhart, like proper just machine made of muscle Neidhart. Hoying oh. haystacks around. Yeah. Uh, number two, before 1996, Giant Haystacks had previously wrestled one match for WCW as part of a UK tour in 1991. Right. 11th of December, Giant Haystacks defeated William, then Stephen Regal, on the second match of a card held in front of 4,000 people at London's Olympia Arena. Haystacks and Regal had also worked each other one month earlier on an independent show raising money for children in need in Bath. That's insane. Yeah. Not children in need of a bath. Children in need in, in the city of Bath. Bath. Down south. Bath. It's Bath. Bath. 
Oh, we know it's not. It's, it's, it's I'm having a bath. I'm going to bath. Bath. <laughs> I'm going to bath. It's named after a Roman bath. It's called bath. bath. Did I ever tell you when I moved up here and I think my first radio show I did, I called, I, ne- I said Newcastle. And my boss at the time said, if you say Newcastle one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. So I was like, Newcastle it is then. And it's stuck ever <laughs> since. Hello. Thanks, Giles. It's, uh, it's cool because like, you know, we, we talk a lot about how it's sort of almost laughable with just the style that he's working. But really, if anything, he's a victim of the times, right? Mm. Like it's sort of, that's what he does best. Uh, and I don't know why they thought it would work, but maybe it's just the kind of physical intimidating specimen of him. I, I, it's an odd hire, Haystacks, I feel. Yeah, but again, I think it's just mm. that maybe it's like it could be a number of... Like, I think we sort of speculated we've, last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about it. Potentially like getting to the UK, mm. uh, a big boy to fight Hogan, um, a number of reasons. Uh, one final non-Giant Haystacks related question. <laughs> um from Steve Norrie. This is Ace. I was reading a recent comic book in the X-Men universe, and it's Marauders, volume two, number six. They reference a mutant character called Sumo that was created in the early 90s that I'd never heard before. Now, Steve Norrie did some research, mm-hmm. and there was indeed a mutant in the early Marauder series called Sumo. Okay. But that was his mutant name. His real name was Hiroki Sumi. Not quite. <laughs> His real name was June Tenter. Oh, what? And it's so it is an actual yes! reference to John Get Tenter. Get up there, Tenter. Yeah. Yes. In the Marvel Universe. Oh, I love that. That's a great fact. Isn't that great? That's absolutely class. Now, the obvious consequence of this is that the Dungeon of Doom are therefore canon in the Marvel comic universe and are as such viable for entry as major villains in an upcoming MCU film. Which hero slash team should they take on? They should take on all of them and just kill them all. <laughs> I'm done with it. Like just, I'm, I'm done with it. It's a slow decline into the sea. Marvel needs to go away for 10 years. It needs oh. to go away for 10 years because you know they're just going to reboot the avengers in like five like if they can they'll just release films that people will gradually stop watching until they go oh we're going to do a new one in a different universe and they'll just recast everybody and it's like just give it give it some breathing room that's the joy of the whole multiverse thing as far as marvel are concerned but it's it's why the comics it's why the comics became just unreadable for a really long time because it was just like i mean there was some really good stuff going on but like when it gets to the point that when I'm trying to like get mates into comics and it's like, which Spider-Man do I buy? There's like nine of the fuckers. And mm. it's like, just, just, just make it simple. So they make it simple. And then Marvel as a cinematic universe starts and they go, let's make it complex. And it's like, <laughs> they, oh, okay, that, right, let's, let's go. <laughs> that phase one was kind of neat I know, and tidy. Like, there's, there's so many good films. Through, like, don't get me wrong, like, some great, great movies, like mm. absolutely class. And I've loved nearly every single one I've seen. Absolutely loved it. But now it just, it's more than, it feels like we're being suffocated by Marvel. Yeah. But yeah, if he could take, if they could take on all of them, and then, yeah, Loch Ness comes in <laughs> right at the end, just picks Captain America up and then just hits him with that elbow drop. And then Captain America just turns into dust. <laughs> and that's it. And Lot- he just casually puts his sunglasses on that he's known for wearing in the ring all the time and walks off into the sunset. And the Dungeon of Doom get their Scooby-Doo spin-off. I was thinking of, <laughs> I was thinking of Loch Ness. <laughs> I was thinking of Loch Ness holding Thor going... You should have gone for the head. He he like Loch Ness he is such a good Spider-Man villain. 
He is, isn't like, he? He's such he a good Spider-Man. If you gave him like the ability of like super short burst speed or something, a bit like Rhino, where he's able to just charge and he can't, he just thrashes around and he can, he's just a big guy that you really got to stay away from. That's kind of Spider-Man's remit, isn't it? Because he's got to keep distance while trying to get attacking in. So you've got so to got to keep tying him up the web, and and but every time because he's so big, he's just going to charge out of it, and it's going to become like oh, a massive, big, sprawling thing. So I'd a hundred percent. I'd 100% take Dungeon of Doom versus Spider-Man. That would be class, they, especially if they'll hire the Green Goblin. <laughs> if they hire the Green Goblin, and it's got to be, you know, it, uh, it's got to be good. I like the idea of, <laughs> I'm with you on the whole giant haystacks being a Spider-Man villain, but I offer you, instead of him having, like, bursts of speed, yeah. you know how Sandman does that thing where, like, he can turn, like, he can make his hands turn into sand, yeah. and then he just fills, like, that for giant haystacks, but he makes Bovril. <laughs> it's just Bovril. <laughs> Get you, Spider-Man! He starts just oh, doing no, all Bovril. the starts doing all the Doctor Strange shit, and it's just like mystical Bovril circles <laughs> in sacred geometry, and it opens up like a Bovril universe. He's opened the Bovril multiverse. And it brings Bovril Spider-Man through. <laughs> it's just Spider-Man. Venom. Yeah, just, just it's just, but it's it's just Spider-Man with the Bovril logo. There's no other change. That's it. And all he talks about is the benefits of Bovril. <laughs> He doesn't help, like somebody's getting mugged and it's like, Spider-Man! And he's like, oh, and he pulls out a flask. He's like, you need your Bovril. You must be cold. <laughs> What's that? You don't know he if you want... hangs around football stadiums trying to push it on people like a drug dealer. <laughs> Go on, just try it. I'm not drinking that, it's mingy. Go on, just try it. What's that? Just give it. First one's free. Go on. Hey, kids, can't decide if you want a drink or something fucking disgusting. And then, like, <laughs> there's, a scene, there's a scene pretty early in the film where he goes home and he can't believe what he's done. Like, he's just sat there and he's like, what have I become? And there's a knock on the door and it's Haystacks. And Haystacks is like his agent from this secret government agency. He's in a black suit and everything. And he's just like, did you do it? And he like offers him like a new super strength Bovril. And he's like, you've got to do it. There's a whole evil plan. Yes. Yes. And that is the marketing for Bovril. Into the Bovril verse. <laughs> Fucking saved it, saved it, saved it. Disney, you owe me a hundred million quid. Everything's based on Bovril. <laughs> My hammer doesn't work on Bovril. It's, it just moves around it. <laughs> it, 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 senses, it senses my hammer coming. It just splashes all over my clothes and I've got to wash them afterwards because it stains. Uh, and, I smell, <gasps> and I smell meaty, but Who not in a good way. Who this stuff? <laughs> Do you drink it or pour it on the ground? <laughs> so yeah, so John Haystacks is Bovril, man. Uh, <laughs> we went off the rails early this week. It's great. Well, no, no, he's going to do some sort of Fantastic Four with various condiments. <laughs> <laughs> Reed Richards is all Bovril. Sue uh, is Bovril too. There need to be a Vegemite hero for the Australian market. Oh, uh, yeah, that'd, yeah? Be, that'd be... Would he be a baddie? I guess he would be, wouldn't he? Well, he's going to be part of the, the super evil team yeah. with evil Bovril Spider-Man. Bovril, evil Bovril Spider-Man. Um, Marmite Mo. The Fantastic Vegemite. Four. Love it or hate Virginia. it. Yeah. We need to come up with a catchier name. Vegemite villain. No, I mean for the group. Oh. Because it, it can't be Fantastic Four because they're all just space space losers. They get into like a weird thing and, and then one of them goes on fire for a bit and one of them turns into rocks. Uh, but 
and one of them goes stretchy and one of them goes invisible. Yes, remembered. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's like an evil super friends club. It's like the the hall of evil or something, but it, it's got to be Bovril themed. Ho- the Bo- Hall of Bovril. Hall of Bovril. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Bovril. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well done, Bovril Spider-Man. You have converted 17 <laughs> Legion Arted fans to What's drinking the... Bovril. Oh, no. And, and you the... robbed a bank. It's, it's DC, but the Chamber <laughs> of Solitude. Just the Chamber of Bovril. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like where they go like as a punishment? Like they're trapped in like a, a, a crypt full of. Well, the, the chamber of solitudes where Superman goes to to recoup. Oh, he goes. So he little... goes to like recoup his strength, I believe. I'm a little but of I, I'm trying to think now. There's there's got to be, yeah. There's there's got to be some sort of. Oh, if they buy Dragon Ball, you can get the hyperbolic time chamber and just change it to the hyperbovril time Hyper-bov- chamber. <laughs> and you have to spend time in there exercising. But the problem is, it's all bovril, so you can't <laughs> breathe. So you can get in there, do make, bang out maybe ten push-ups, but it increases your lung capacity like a motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. and your burn resistance is going to go up because that's going to be pretty warm. It's not going to be scalding, but you know you're going to have to get used to some pretty high temperatures. I could really do with a drink. I'm so thirsty for this workout. But out. you come out the back <sighs> of it proper swole, and you've got a nice, delicious, meaty. So <laughs> the ladies will love it, <laughs> and you'll never want for Bovril again. <laughs> you, just, you just get. You don't even need to eat any real food anymore. You just take bread and rub it on yourself. <laughs> Bovril just appears. Dad, can I? Yes. <laughs> just hollowing out a loaf of bread, sticking your whole arm in it. <laughs> Bovril. <laughs> I can make Bovril sandwiches dead quick. Dad, we don't want Bovril sandwiches. <laughs> the shittest superhero ever. He's just got the ability to make Bovril-themed things. Oh, that's... Can you imagine the advertising campaign? <laughs> Bovril hit us up. Tom can be Bovril, man. Hey, at Bovril. <laughs> We're bringing you back, baby. Uh, Bovril at coldaholic.com. <laughs> Uh, if you classicacoldholic.com drop us an email maybe some bovril su- maybe serving some suggestions. more ideas for uh, for love it or hate it themed superhero food superheroes nice yeah. or bovril recipes yeah there must be more you can do with bovril other than put it on toast and put it in a hot I mean there cup. is a lot you can do with it you could rub it on your knees or your eyes you could put it on cornflakes <laughs> but whether it tastes good or not I fell in the nettles beneficial. as a kid my mum used to put a bit of bovril on you <laughs> put a bit of bovril on you son you'll be fine a skunk's got it in the house. Yeah. Quickly, spray it down with Bovril. <laughs> we need more Bovril, man. We've run out. It's so delicious. No, it still like... smells like skunk shit and just death, uh, but it's got a nice meaty background smell to it. See? <laughs> it still smells like skunk, but now it smells like could skunk you and Bovril. It, if you had dark enough paint, could you add it to the paint to have a Bovril-smelling house? I wonder. You know how when they recommend that if you've got like holes in the wall... Yeah. And you're and you're letting, and you want to sort of get rid of them. You put mm. a bit of toothpaste in there, mm. so move it over. If you have black walls, do you put a bit of bovril? Oh yeah, you could definitely let that dry and sand it down. Sand it I down. I was just thinking, if you've got like Glade plugins, just fill them with bovril. <laughs> do not just do that. It will gla- cause a house fire for the love of God. But please, could you put, imagine? Please put bovril in a Glade plugin. <laughs> do not. <laughs> please do not take this man's advice. <laughs> I am not paying for your new living room. (laughs) (laughs) But Dad, they said it smelled like Bovril. I can barely pay for my living room. (laughs) Dad, you said it smelled like Bovril. (laughs) The word Bovril has lost all meaning now. It's brilliant. I'd be more concerned with Dad. I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have a child. (laughs) Yes, you do turn around. It's a child with a face of Bovril. (laughs) 
And then you wake up. Ah! Ah! I had that dream again. You've been living a nice, peaceful life with your wife and three kids and pet dog in your nice big house for like five years. And one morning you wake up and you realize it was all a delusion. You'd sculpted them all out of Bovril. (laughs) And there's also the Christmas tie-in for the adverts as well. The Bovril B. That pretty much adds itself. The Bovril yeah. B. This time he doesn't die because he gets a nice cup of Bovril. Or he doesn't get a cup of Bovril. The cup that they put over him and he dies from the fire. There's a little drip of Bovril in it and that gets him through the winter. So he has, and he just suckles on the Bovril. Or at least it would if it didn't drop on him and drown him. But, you know, oh. it, it's, it's still got a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad Christmas tale. Christmas, the Christmas it's bee a, died anyway. It's a anyway. tale about dying bees. It was only a Bovril tale. Just another Bovril tale. <laughs> Uh, in the world of 1996, uh, where there probably was a lot of Bovril, a lot of football, a lot of football fans football drinking Bovril. Five minutes before we start <laughs> talking about what's happening in the world. Thankfully, oh, thankfully, uh, I'm just, so just sorry, a folks. shot. No, don't because a shot across your bow. This episode of Nitro is really short and really shit, so this is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is fine. We'll rattle through Nitro in no time. We'll come back to Bovril. Uh, in WCW the Monday. N- Night Bovril. We're better than the WWF Bovril. It's shit, man. No, WWF would be OXO in that world, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. They've they m- pride themselves company. on being a more of a traditional thing that you use in dishes. Have you had a cup of OXO? You'd scribble up yeah, some yeah. Water. It's, it's not like, I'm not really that fussed by it. I can drink yeah. it, but it's, it's there. I'm worried that we're going to lose... Good in the cold. Like, if you're freezing cold, it's good for that. But it's still... It's a bit weird for me kind of drinking gravy juice. I don't know anybody under the age of 30 that drinks Bovril. Have you got a match? Have you got, like, football sometimes? Like, you'll see Bovril. Everyone drinks, like, cocktails and stuff now, don't they? Well, you can't drink on the stands, though, can you? You can't drink alcohol. It's a Bovril. So if you're in the cold, you can... Well, yeah. Well, there's no alcohol in it unless you're uh, spiking your bovril, but <laughs> <laughs> Someone spiked the bovril! But don't worry, I've got all your parents. They're coming to get well, you. Could you even get a flask into a Premier League ground these days? Probably not. So, yeah. <laughs> Is that bovril in that flask? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they pour the bovril into your hands and take the flask off. Ah! You can take <laughs> I just poured it out an hour ago. It's still hot. Come on, Liverpool! Ah! <laughs> I'm perfectly all right with this. Why can't I hold all this bovril? (laughs) (laughs) Just spilling through his fingers onto his lap. And the bald bloke in front of him looks like he's got hair, but it's just really... (laughs) It's the bovril oozing through. This is a weird idea by the steward. (laughs) I would have just left the bovril there. (laughs) I'm not that into it. But they insisted they pour it into my hands. I'm ringing watchdog. (laughs) Terrible thing happened at the Man City game. <laughs> 78 people with burns for having Bovril poured into their hands by stewards. That's like an awful punishment. Like, that's like a bovril very British, a British punishment for like for like thieving. We're going to pour Bovril into your hands. They call it Bovril boarding. <laughs> <laughs> This just, is the oh, best. this is really dark. Oh, we just so got we just got Bovril Bay off near the Isle of Man somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they take all the non-believers in Bovril and they take them there for re-education. Guantanamo Bovril. It's it's owned by the Bovril Corporation. <laughs> so you don't believe in? It's just like a a, a five hundred meter high wall, impossibly large, with just a big Bovril logo on it. Nobody's allowed to see what goes on in it. Uh, but people that come out have all got Bovril shirts on, smiling with a big flask. 
A couple of tickets to the match. <laughs> Most of them didn't even like football beforehand either. I remember my friend, I remember my friend Susie, who was very anti the Bovril authority. And then she disappeared for a few months and then came back later and she's she's been really pro Bovril ever since. Yeah. Don't know what happened to all her. She talks about. All she talks about now is Bovril, and she's got this really far away look in her eye all she the time. She doesn't sleep either. No. She got rid of all her beds. <laughs> her house burnt down. Uh, <laughs> all right, fucking hell. I was just going to go into a territory where it was just a permanent kitchen. Just bovril everywhere. It was till it burnt down. In the UK, move. The fucking Airwick plug it. <laughs> we told you not to. We told you not to put bovril in the Airwick. Can you imagine how, like, because it'd be bad enough in one of the ones that just goes in and kind of radiates, like the diffusers. But imagine one of the ones where it's the auto spray. Like when you walk past it, it goes, <laughs> But it just fires just a shit streak of bovril at you every time you pass. I'm just thinking of the poor cats that live in these houses that might just walk past at the wrong time. <laughs> Pablo walking past just at the wrong time. <laughs> Darling, the cat's covered in bovril again. I'll get the mop. When they when they implement all of our changes, when including they do. Bovril Bay, I think once 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 <laughs> all this Bay. once all this happens. We can then move toward a world where the economy is driven entirely by Bovril. Bovril overtakes Tesla, starts making Bovril robots and Bovril cars. <laughs> It'll be a damn sight cheaper to probably power your car with Bovril than fuel. I, I for one, am excited for the day that Bovril buys Google. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to Bovril this. Hang on. <laughs> you look for stuff on the internet, you're Bovriling it now. Quick, quick little Bovril. Like the fact of the day, the Google doodles now, just it just takes the you Bovril to the Bovril, Bovril site. That's it. <laughs> The fact of the day every day is you should drink more Bovril. Or they just buy Google, close it down, and just take over the Google domain, and it's just the splash page for the normal Bovril home Oh, site. so no one can ever Google again? Yeah, and then oh. they buy Jeeves as well, but don't tell anybody, so when Jeeves comes back, it's Ask Bovril. <laughs> it's Ask Jeeves. And, you and can every be like, time you hey, ask anything... is there a restaurant nearby? And it'll be like, yeah, these 10 restaurants all sell Bovril-based <laughs> foods. <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be people saying, what the fuck is Bovril? <laughs> Just gonna just gonna quickly the time to ask Jeeves. Um uh why <laughs> why has Bovril taken over and what can I do to stop it? Enter <laughs> FBI open up <laughs> The Federal Bovril Agency yeah. <laughs> Oh that would be FBA. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh. Federal Bovril investigation. Oh <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing you in for re bovrilcation. It's like read education. It's take you away in a big brown van <laughs> <laughs> with a red lid on it. <laughs> when it gets when it gets to the end, they 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 they, they tilt it upwards and you slowly pour out. <laughs> we think that you don't love Bovril enough. There's just an IMAX size screen and everybody is Bovril to the wall. <laughs> All right, let's you move now, on from Bovril. You now power up Bovril <laughs> Mega Generator. <laughs> Human power is the greatest power for Bovril. <laughs> just imagine in a Skynet scenario unfolding where it's just dropping Bovril on everybody. Bovrilnet. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. The head of Marmite goes back in time to find Sarah Connor. And gets uh, stopped by a Bovrilator. <laughs> right, come on. Have, you, have you seen this jar? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay uh, in the movie world, sadly not Borvalator, number one in the oh. UK movie charts. It's Jumanji still. Oh, that has to be a Smash-themed one. But anyway, yeah. 
Smash is in like the I'm, mashed potatoes. And spam as well, I think. Oh, oh, you're mixing it up now. It's, it's I sort thought of, Bovril would just be like the well, overall. I think, I think yeah, Bovril's kind of the thing. That's yeah. going to take over the world. But for the superhero team, there needs to be other kind of love it or hate it snacks. Spam should just be a normal kind, like, kind of spam in real life, but turns into a spam fritter. Nice. As his hero power. Because like a spam I, fritter. I, I just can't get away with it, man. Can't get away with it. Don't know what it is. Because <laughs> the Bovril people are always watching you and going, why aren't you eating Bovril? Yeah, through my, my Bovril monitor in my... <laughs> you got one too? I've, yeah, I've got three in my yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. they, just keep, they just keep me what right. What do you think the Amazon Alexa's for? Yeah. It's listening to everything you cook. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like you're adding seasoning. Is that Henderson's relish? That does not sound like Bovril. <laughs> that is far too viscous. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I hear the I hear the sprinkling of herbs. FBI, open up! Why do you need to season your bovril? Bovril's perfectly seasoned. I wasn't eating bovril. You weren't eating bovril. KGB, but for a fucking KG bovril. The KG bovril. It's they watch us all. Nineteen eighty bovril. Um, okay. Thank you for sticking with us through the uh, the absolutely appalling Bovril chat that, that we're I mean, enjoying. I, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's why they're here. This is the Cold Hollow Classic Bovril we'll review. just lose our minds slowly for an hour and a bit. Hey, it's all right. Loch Ness is on in a bit. Yeah. Broken Arrow, number one in the US movie chart. Nice. Uh, John Woo directed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Slater, John Travolta, and Samantha Mathis are in it. Good little film, Broken mm-hmm. Arrow. Like it. Very rare to see John Travolta as a baddie. Yeah, there was sort of a... I guess every sort of actor gets there, though, don't they? The name the size of John Travolta, where I guess you maybe get typecast long enough where it's like, Mm. I want to try something different. Like, when you look at Robin Williams, usually perennially the kind of lead, nice guy character, always very jovial, very outwardly fun. Mm. And then you see him in a film like One Hour Photo by Mark Romanek, which is one of my favorites. It's just unbelievably unsettling the way he gives that performance or in uh, Chris Nolan's remake of Insomnia with Al Pacino and it's all about a serial killer in like Alaska during the 30 days of day, 30 days a night Uh, and he's like losing his mind Al Pacino as he's trying to track this killer and Robin Williams is like the guy and again it's just super unsettling and it's like fuck like wish we got more really serious roles yeah, his, his final film was Father of the Year, and that was uh, that was a really really powerful one as well. He was in he was a very serious role in <clears throat> What Dreams May Come. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember we were on holiday in Florida, my family and I, uh, when I was younger, and it was when that film came out, and we went, mm. oh, the weather's a bit rubbish today. Let's go see uh, something nice at the cinema. Oh, a Robin Williams film is on. That'll be fun. <laughs> Woo! And that's what you remember about being typecast <clears throat> is that we just saw Robin Williams' face and went, oh, it must Mrs. be a Doubtfire! comedy. Yay! What? His wife died. <laughs> An old man died. But look, it's confusing. Am I going to die one day? Oh God, we've ruined the holiday. <laughs> oh, put Patch Adams on quickly. <laughs> Spaceman by Babylon Zoo, still number one in the UK. Of course. Music charts. And still number one in the US charts is One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey. Fuck her. In the rest of the world, uh, Howard Stern announcing the Howard Stern Radio Network, an agreement that let him form a network consisting of radio personalities that he approved of. Stations would be able to choose shows from a 24-hour menu or carry the network's programming around the clock. This was quite revolutionary for radio, uh, to have somebody who basically said... I, I'm making syndicated broadcasting. Sort of pick and choose what you want to fill out your schedule. It's it's insane 
to think back to the level of power and gravity. I mean, even now still, but the, the, back then, mm. the level of power and gravity that, that Howard Stern had mm -hmm. uh, and the popularity of the guy in his show. And, and obviously, he you know he's changed styles over the years and he's expressed uh, remorse at certain factors of his show. But like, it, it's an intrinsic part of American radio history, for sure. I want to know, like, what's your opinion on him? Because I, I, people are kind of, it feels like in one or two camps about him usually. A lot of it doesn't age well. <clears throat> Without a shadow of that, a lot of it does but not then, again, age the, well. The time we had a culture that was kind of rife with Jerry Springer and, mm -hmm. and a lot of very kind of controversial, I mean, Attitude Era, look at that. Like yeah. a lot of controversy kind of fueling media at those times. But I think um, in terms of somebody that um, put people's ears back onto radio in America, yeah. absolutely. Like he pushed the barriers and 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 he really, he, he got a lot of, a lot of people got great careers out of radio because mm. of the work that Howard Stern did. You know, there's, a, there's only a handful of radio people that really changed the game, and yeah. Howard Stern is one of them. Because um, when he had a health scare recently, didn't he? And um, then he came back and he sort of changed styles almost completely now. And he's, he's like a... I think it's like a, I don't want to say like mature or anything because it was like, it wasn't really like he wasn't mature, but there were times where it was quite juvenile. Mm. Uh, but it seems like he's sort of changed a bit. But you have to because like, the world's well, different. You've got to move with the times, right? And yeah, I think if try he was still, things. there's still some jocks <clears throat> who still do the same sort of shtick over and yeah. over. And you've got to change. You've got to, you've got to evolve. And I think Howard mm. Stern's ability to evolve means that he, he continues to be a presence on radio yeah. today. Um, on this day, in the UK, the Brit Awards were on. Ooh, okay. Uh, this will be an interesting one. Mm, okay. Uh, a very, a very uh, iconic moment in Brit Awards history took place on this day as Michael Jackson performed Earth Song. Oh. Can you remember what this was? Uh, no. This was, as the song was going on, as Michael Jackson was on a crane, presumably just won the DDT Open Heavyweight title. <laughs> um, because he was stood on the crane, he so he's the, the winner, yeah. Um, so as, as he was on the crane singing, Jarvis Cocker walked up onto oh, the stage yes, yes. and dropped his trousers for yes. everybody to see. Yeah. I don't... What do you think of Pulp? I quite like common people. Yeah. Like, so. I, 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 don't, I just don't know if they just weren't for me, but I, I knew people that were like way into them. Mm. Uh, and like, they've got some bangers. Like, don't get me wrong, they've got some real bangers, but like, I don't know what it was. Like, I remember I'd always kind of just be a bit like, really? I'm not really that into them, but... <coughs> there were, but the, that was that whole story was incredible. It was. Jarvis I remember Scott. it was like, yeah, uh, it's something we I'm sure we read about years later, like mm. in, in media and things like that. There was a great story that I read about somebody who was backstage. It was Bob Mortimer, that was right? It. <laughs> so Bob Mortimer were I hilariously played a key part mm -hmm. in this situation unfolding. So mm. after Jarvis Cocker mooned. Um, moon, moon Michael Jackson he was rushed off to the stage and he was put in a dressing room where Michael Jackson's personal security guards were going to have him arrested and none of the Brit Awards lot could get through yeah uh, to, like, like all the Brit Awards official UK security like the Ameri Michael Jackson's person was like nope nope he's staying here till we call the police and Bob Mortimer a little bit pissed because he's been watching the show mm. turned up and went oh, I'm his lawyer and they let him in. Oh, God. And Jarvis Cocker and Bob Mortimer sort of hatching this plan yeah. to get him out. And eventually it ends with, with Bob Mortimer, <laughs> like Bob Mortimer speaking to the police and saying, look, here's the situation. It's all nonsense. We need someone to come here yeah. and just drive him to the police station. Yeah. 
just so the Jackson security guys can see him being driven away. Yeah. So they they put it they put this thing together where the police turned up to uh, to to arrest Jarvis Cocker mm. with Bob Mortimer. They get into a police car and they drive to the nearest police station and just stop, <laughs> take him out of his handcuffs and let him out. <laughs> and Bob Mortimer takes him and they go to like the hotel bar and they just stay out of the get way. Get up there, Mortimer. Yeah, Jesus it's a, it's a great story. It's, like, it's amazing because you, you just expect with security for a talent as famous as Michael Jackson that uh, he would have just been taken into that room and every bone in his body would have been broken. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, surprised that didn't happen. I was kind of like, oh! I thought he'd get a shoe in. I genuinely thought he'd get a shoe in, but no, he was uh, he was, he was was saved somehow. By, by, by Bob Mortimer, by, of all people. Absolutely class. Uh, bit of, a bit of video game stuff, which I think you will appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, February 21st, Sega Model 3, an arcade system board considered to have the most technically impressive graphics of all time, is released. So this is, there you go. Which was, that was this the... This was the arcade board that gave us Virtua Fighter? Uh, I believe so. Was it the arcade? No, because we had Virtua Fighter on Saturn, right? And Saturn was based off the prior architecture. So I think Dreamcast's based off, is it Naomi architecture? Hmm. I have no idea. Model 3. Hold on. He's on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Model three. Keep talking, Tom. Keep the, talking. I uh, know. Uh, I'm just. I'm, I think people. Dead are... is a crime. As he's putting it, as he <laughs> says, it's a crime, sex crime. <laughs> um, also, uh, this particular week in 1996, the final episode of the long-running uh, puppet comedy Spitting Image is broadcast on ITV. It would be brought back many years later for BritBox mm. to uh, a tepid reaction uh, because that kind of role is uh, that kind of show is not a thing anymore. Sega Model 3, Virtual Fighter 3, Scud Race, Sega Rally 2, Fighting Vipers 2, Daytona USA 2, Battle on the Edge, Spike Out, Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. And then Naomi gave us House of the Dead 2, Crazy Taxi, Dead or Alive, F355 Challenge, uh, Power Stone. What a fucking series. (laughs) Make a new Power Stone Sega for the love of God. It's like you ever played Power Stone? I have played Power Stone. I was going to say, if you hadn't, you, I was dragging you back to my house and we're going to go play Power Stone. <laughs> oh, hello. Because uh, it, it's, if you've never played it, it's sort of, it's got like smash elements, but it's 3D, brawly. You just pick up weapons and go mad. Uh, it also, I believe, gave us Dynamite Cop, which is one of my oh. favorite Sega sort of just run and gun stupid games. You've got to stop this mystical terrorist from kidnapping the president's daughter on a cruise ship. No. Nice. And you just kind of run around and. With a giant bazooka at like three foot distance. No. And uh, the guy's got like a huge green jewel on his head and he's just like, <laughs> he looks like Poseidon. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, in the cinema in this week, February uh, mm-hmm. 23rd, Danny Boyle directed Train Spotting Lands, based on the book mm-hmm. by Irvine Welsh. It gives Ewan McGregor, Robert Carlyle, and Johnny Lee Miller a massive boost. And the British the film industry finally kind of starts to see a massive national uptick and people yes. start to be more interested again in national films and and you know christ train spotting film four like all of that you know it, it's it's huge because you down the line we'd lead to shane meadows and more like social realism and and all sorts of stuff mm. but i mean train spotting what a fucking movie mm. what a movie it and then the beauty. same guy who made train spot and made 28 days later slumdog millionaire 
Like, it's just, he's just such a talent. Give him a James Bond, for the love of God. Oh, could you imagine? Him and Nolan. I want Nolan to do a Bond as well, because I want to see what it'd be like. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I like that thinking, I like that thinking. Mm. Uh, in the boring world of the wrestling... Uh, Monday Nitro reeling from last week great result for Nitro in the ratings last week however despite the fact that they were unopposed by Monday Night Raw they didn't actually win the day because on USA a 3.9 rating for the Westminster Dog Show dwarfed <laughs> Monday Nitro not even Nitro well it's dogs, dogs. It? it's dogs it's dogs in it yeah there was a thing that we did on the classic Raw review. I think we might have brought it up on here as well about why do you have the the Raw preemptive for the dog show every year, mm. and not not always did the Westminster Dog Show bring in the bring in more viewers than Raw. It was the odd yeah. occasion where it did. This is one of those. More often than not, it brought in less, mm. but it brought in a higher class of viewer, which meant that the ad breaks could be with more distinguished brands. Have you ever wanted a yacht? Come and buy a yacht. Basically, yeah. Do you like perfume? How about a $700 bottle of perfume? So we go from like Slim Jim and friggin' Dr. Pepper and Pizza Hut <laughs> adverts to like, like Clinique and yeah. Jag and posh car yeah, like Monday, Monday, Monday. Bentley, Bentley, Bentley. <laughs> Dealership, not a sale, full price. That's it. Essentially, yeah. you're, you're getting, you're going to get a higher caliber of people in theory, so they're spending <laughs> more money on advertising. I would love if, like, adverts for rich people were done the same way as, like, you know, just really low brow. <laughs> caviar, caviar, truck, caviar. Yeah. <laughs> Wagraf, Wagraf, Wagraf. Hey kids, what's wrong? Oh, we're just really bored of our yacht. Would you like a better yacht? Yay! <laughs> me, me, you. And a yacht drops from a helicopter next to them into the water. Oh. Pat, say Jack. That's right, kids. <laughs> it's on. me. Get on my yacht. <laughs> I'd Shots of them just partying around the Bahamas. <laughs> Look at those poor people. <laughs> Don't be them. Lighting his cigar with a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Look at how rich we are. Sod you all. That's a Yachts. table full of cocaine. And he just pours it into the water. I can always buy more. <laughs> Already did. <laughs> Brings out another bag. Amazing. That, that's, that, that's what they had. Those are the adverts between the dog show. Uh, and we go to Nitro now. Um, otherwise, a really quiet week in the wrestling world. There's a few mm. other bits and pieces we'll get to as we get to it. Um, we're in Salisbury, Maryland. And we're as live as live can get, says Eric Bischoff for Nitro, where tonight we have a rematch between Ric Flair and Randy Savage for the WCW title and a rematch between Hulk Hogan and Arn Anderson. Sam, it is rematch city this week. It is, yeah. Yay. Uh, Just Because I know we often one. think about how wonderfully repetitive Nitro is. Yeah, wouldn't it be fantastic if they all had the same finishes as well? Oh, would, hey, we can only be so lucky. <laughs> We open with Arn Anderson and Hulk Hogan, which is how we ended last week. Yay. Hogan's furious that he lost a match. Yeah, so he wants so a rematch straight off the bat. Uh, but Hogan's kind of out for a bit of revenge because uh, he's just healed his eye up or it wasn't quite at 100%. Woman mm. nailed him in the face with a uh, high heel. Uh, and so it led to kind of... Mm. Yeah, uh, he, he needs to prove that he's better than Arn. He does, and he opens a can of pasta mania yeah. on Arn Anderson, choking <laughs> him with his waistcoat, bouncing him from pillar to post. Uh, Arn prods, prods Hogan's eye, 
Hogan immediately gets back into it. Basically, every attempt by Arn Anderson in this match to get back in the fight is shut down seconds later. For yeah. The first part. Um, Arn makes him look like a million dollars, though. Oh. And can we just say as well, during Hogan's entrance, the most asshole clenching thing that can happen when you're in like live production in oh, wrestling yeah. happens. And I don't know if it's a faulty cable or what, because it happens a couple of times through the night. But as Hogan approaches the camera as he's making his entrance, the feed goes to Black and Bischoff's like, there he is, the big, sexy, sweaty Hulk Hogan, Terry. Mm, let me lick the sweat off your nipples. And it's uh, it just cuts to black. And then he kind of goes... And then the feed comes back, and then he goes, hey, and keeps talking as if nothing had happened. But that split second, he would have just been going like mute button. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck's happening? <laughs> and that second would have felt like a million. Oh, years. it does. It does. When you get a camera feed sticks, it's just like, uh, 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 but the handy thing is now is that wrestling fans are being big... <laughs> like, come on, just what do these work? <laughs> they work fine 17 <laughs> times. Ah, the 18th time it breaks, don't you know? <laughs> no, I don't. But the nice thing is now that as wrestling fans, we're conditioned to, to mean this is all part of the thing. So I saw that and went, oh, the fiend. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Do you know the other thing we learned as well doing live video production is that once cables get above a certain length, it can cause delay. So if you have cables that are a certain amount of length and they're all synced, uh, it can just fall out of sync as you go in. So you'll just cut to something that's like a millisecond behind. And then, so you can like you've got to make sure everything. And then if you go wireless, which we try to do wireless, like sometimes the room or if there's just too much interference from outside the building, uh, it'll just not work. Oh, and so you're like, geez. 20 minutes before you run the fucking cables. <laughs> oh my God. There's um, BBC have these big, these, these trucks that they take out. These yeah. big vans. Oh, the see. OB vans are the great. The OB vans, yeah. which extend with the satellite on mm -hmm. it. And then you've got either Comrex or ISDN. If you're on ISDN with them, it's great because it's quick as a flash to do mm. an outside broadcast. If it's Comrex, you've got that three second pause and then... And then, and then you're having well, the worst conversation ever. This is because we had all of the feeds, so the feed needed to get beamed out, so we needed to hire a satellite truck. So the, Well, not a truck, but it was like a satellite van. Mm. You know, It wasn't some big WWE-level <laughs> fucking giant trailer you could all sit in. It was literally just sort of like a little van with sat tri uh, satellite dish and everything on it that would kind of move around and point to where it needed to be. Uh, but then there were times where it was like, okay, you're in the middle of a city, it needs to go on the roof of the building. And then some poor bugger would have to like go up from the satellite team and they'd like take a cable and a dish and then they'd mount it on top of like the academy and then after the show they've got to go all the way back up oh. there like two in the morning take it there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Thankfully, it stayed long enough to watch, for us to watch Hogan beating up Arn Anderson for a long time. Uh, Hogan, uh, the longest Arn is in control is about two minutes, I counted. Uh, and, and that control ends when Hogan punches Arn when he's on the side of the ring. Mm -hmm. And Arn falls so slowly over the top <laughs> rope, you'd assume he was coming down a very long cable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so slow. It was funny as fuck. <laughs> then back in the ring, Hogan lands the big leg, and then he... Hogan can't put a figure four on for shit. And no, I'm not saying he that does I it, can. But he does it. He does something that vaguely resembles a figure four. He's going to get the tap out. But here comes Savage. Yeah, so at this point, I was like, he's finally going to fucking do it. He's finally going to fucking do it. He's had enough of his bullshit. He's going to stamp on Terry's head mm. and he's going to help Arn win. And he didn't. No, because hiding under the ring and it seemed like it was a bit of a timing thing was Kevin Sullivan. So Randy's already running down to save the day from the run-in um, when Kevin Sullivan appears just as Randy's getting to the ring. Uh, so I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and then they he gets in the ring this. and uh, he just helps Hogan. You know, he helps him. Again. <laughs> well, the ref calls a DQ uh, because he saw yeah. Savage get in commentary, the ring. Commentary are kind of like, oh, but did, did Arn tap? Arn tapped and Arn didn't tap. When you go back to it, it's it's all kind of Savage's incursion that causes it to be thrown out. But I think they were hoping that Sullivan <laughs> would, would attack and then Savage would then come out and stop Sullivan, but yeah. they kind of had Savage come I, out too quick. The thing is, I don't know if the camera angle did it any favors because it looks like Sullivan comes out from under the ring, but it, the, he could have come from like around the side of the ring, crouched mm. down to grab something and then appeared, but we didn't see Sullivan before we saw Savage, it felt. No. So it was like weird that Savage was just running down to save the day with nothing really bad happening. <laughs> it must have done because like there was otherwise... a couple of moments I think because in the confusion Hogan gets the shoe, doesn't he? Like the the shoes given to I think woman throws the shoe into the ring. Oh no, that's later. Is it later? That's that's the that Savage later? match. Oh okay, that's later with Jules Holland. Right. That's later on. Okay, where we see that. But yeah, there there is a there's a few flummoxes tonight mm. on that front. But uh, on this one, it was just like. Like, because you'd have to assume that Sullivan was coming from a different location, because otherwise, Savage has chased Sullivan out to the ramp, gone past him <laughs> to get in the ring and wait yeah. <laughs> for him to walk into his fist. Uh, so I presume that like he thought something was coming. I just, the timing was off, uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, but Arn wins by DQ. So Arn is Arn is in his pump. He's beaten Hogan twice in a row. Yeah. And both times, Hogan does not look weak at all. And Hogan is uh, obviously quite pissed off about it. Mm. I'm sure we'll hear all about it later. Oh, one can only dream. Uh, talking of dreams, we'd go to break, and when we come back, Alex Wright is on his way to the ring, That's dancing right. away. That's right. A winner's match. Beautiful baby face music. Looking like a Russian superhero, even though he's German and he's all <laughs> red gear. Girlies yeah. are screaming for Alex Wright as well. There's a lot, a lot of, of love course. for the girlies. Does some nice moonsault as he gets into the ring. And what a knob on him. He has got a knob on him. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that out. He's got a boar. Jeebus. I, yeah. Alex, very some, right. You've seen some unrestricted Alex Wright shots, have you? Oh, I'm bringing down that Berlin wall. <laughs> um, he was called Berlin for a while, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was for like two weeks until uh, Columbine. 
And then his tag team partner was The Wall, yeah. and that was the joke. Jerry, but Jerry it, Toot, I believe his surname was pronounced. I always liked that. Jerry Toot? Jerry Toot. T-U-I-T-E. Ah, I thought it was always toot. Tweet, and then, or something like that, like Tweet. But uh, it was a podcast, or a couple of podcasts, I just heard him refer to as Jerry Toot, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jerry Toot? That's <laughs> a lovely name. Almost as lovely as Loch Ness. Oh, Giant fucking haystacks. We get him twice in two weeks. I also like that during Alex Bright's entrance, he's just like, hey, look at me do a backflip. Isn't it cool? Yeah, he's the coolest. And it's sort of the just so commentary. Like, he's agile. He's going to have to use that agility to get around Loch Ness. <laughs> and then Loch Ness comes out to a fucking movie score. I and love they this. this. is This is Turner. He could have afforded Jurassic Park. Could you imagine just... <laughs> yeah, because let's fucking... And he walks. It's got a good beat for him to kind of... You know what? Because why not? Because he's called Loch Ness. And he's then coming like, from England. His theme tune is a soundtrack to a dinosaur Cross the stream movie. some more. Put a Godzilla sound over it, even though it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't angry with the music. The no, I think it, it's, it's different. It's, it's different for like the rest of the card. Everybody's kind of got happy, lucky Jimmy mm. jingles. And it, it's like Jimmy Hart's kind of music. And it, it's all got a very... Because it's similar to Jim Johnston, you, can, you just got a kind of feel to it, yeah. Uh, and it's like okay, like, and when you listen back to all the stuff that that Jimmy Hart was involved with, it's like yeah, you can kind of feel that influence. And there's nothing wrong with it because there's some banging themes in there, but it's there's just something about him having this just sort of instrumental, ominous score. Yeah. The, we're not really going to see until Sting goes bad again, I think. Well, Sting goes bad. Sting goes all moody and goth. That's very... Actually, you know what? Yeah, I think he's probably the next person that has something, anything like that. But Sting's is quite midi, whereas this feels like a, an actual recording. The best way to describe this music, if you've not seen it, is when you watch like a, a horror film from like the 30s or the 40s, and it's that bit where they're going, you will not believe the thrills and excitement that await as 17,000 clams bum, take bum, over bum, bum, the city bum, of New bum, York. Bum, bum. Starring wait, Rick Rickerson, Jeremy Bendo, and some introducing Samantha Who in They Came From The Sea in cinemas now in Telecolor. Like, it's that kind of music yeah. for underneath. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, the match starts after a quick break. Good luck, Nessie. We saw you last week. It was a worry. Uh, Alex Wright moves to avoid Loch Ness, but the moment he attempts an R-ringer, Loch Ness just flies him across the ring. This yeah. already feels better. So it, the last week, it, it's just like because because Wright is just really using that agility well, and it, it, he's mm. looking good in doing it because he's he's like judo rolling through underneath like flailing arms, and he's getting like around him, and he's kind of getting a couple of strikes in, and then he makes the mistake of just going for that suplex, doesn't he? And then that is just it. They do, they goes for a go behind, and he yeah. Bischoff says, "What are you gonna do when you get there? Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna fall on you." It's like a good show. <laughs> Uh, right, actually, actually, Alex Wright puts some good moves towards Lot Ness. He puts a yeah. sleeper on him when he sat on the top rope. So a good strategy as a wrestler. Yeah. Ness snapmares him away. Over your goggles. Yeets him. Then jumps into a bear hug. Does uh, Alex Wright and it, and he manages to get out of it by doing the old ear yeah. clap. Because the bear hug, I thought that was going to be the end. I thought it was going to be. Oh, he also has a submission in his thing. I thought it'd been a nice finish. Yeah, because we've already seen the elbow drop a couple of times. So it was like I thought they might have gone for like a big sort of just going to crush somebody to death. It's an effective move that doesn't mm. put too much pressure on Lot Ness. Uh, a few drop kicks from Alex Wright. He shakes them off. Uh, Nessie stops the Alex Wright momentum as he charges into a corner with a, a boot. I don't want to put a big boot. <laughs> he gets like a nice uppercut in before it, but yeah, he kind of gets just just <laughs> dumped. 
Derp. And then we get the big elbow drop to flatten him for the win. Yeah. Uh, a much better match than last week. Oh, yeah. And like as, as much as it is sort of limited, you know, I get it from a kayfabe perspective. He's yeah. a monster. You need to bring him in. And Alex Wright is still green to this audience, I guess. He's been around for a while, but it's not like he's had big featured moments of standout kind of stuff like he's going to have down the line. Not that he ever gets like that major, major push, but like you know, he's he's going to be a much more featured performer as things go on. So it kind of makes sense that Nessie would come in here, you know, right, gets some good offense in. He doesn't look like an idiot. He has his head screwed on and he, he doesn't exactly look terrible in defeat, I think. So, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, much better than the last one. Would you have given Alex Wright a little bit less offense? No, I no. think that it's because the whole thing with uh, Nessie is that, Everything we've seen so far for this audience has been very wild and brawly, just swinging arms and just throwing people down and stamping on them and elbow drop and like the way you just yeeted them across the ring. It, it's sort of, you've got to have people that can go, okay, well, naturally you'd see somebody like that just catch somebody straight away and flatten them. It's like, right, but if I can move quick enough and then you've just seen somebody move quick enough and it's like, okay, he still did all that, but still got caught out mm -hmm. and he moves a lot faster than Hogan does. So how's Hogan going to overcome this? And it, it's as you know, he's winning and he stood there and he's like, Oh God. And it's, it's yeah. Yeah. He gives a, sh a few more shouts towards Hogan. Come on to get you. I'm going to eat you. Hogan. Uh, and uh, hey, no, no filler this week or killer because yeah. we have a little break and then we come back and another match. It's Brad Armstrong, who is going to be competing in the cruiserweight tournament soon. More on that in a minute. Taking on, I believe, making his Nitro debut, the Belfast Bruiser. Yeah, I think he's he turned up, I think, the end of one of the shows or toward the middle of one of the shows we did fairly recently because I remember them talking about uh, Ireland and 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 his his origins as an Irish, you know, wrestler and and just sort of, you know, the the kind of background on fit mm. and and sort of who he is and everything. And I remember him coming out and flattening somebody. But yeah. I, I don't. Well, he turned well because his debut was the, was January twenty seventh. So it wasn't a yeah. long time ago on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, where... Sorry, not Ireland there, by the way. Jesus Christ, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you. Yeah. Meant. Don't worry. Everyone's gonna get angry now. They'll just send some Bovril emails. It'll be yeah. Fine. Send Bovril emails. Yeah. So this is um this is David Finley Jr. AKA Fit Finley uh, as the, as we may have seen already on Nitro. He, uh, he's part of the team now he made his wrestling debut for his father's promotion in Glynn back in 1974 mm. uh, he wrestled around Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland until he moved to England in the 70s where he beat Ringo Rigby to become the British light heavyweight champion in 83 a title also held by Marty Jones and Les Kellett who inspires moves to this day he'd go on to win and lose the British midway and British heavyweight titles for all-star then he hit Europe and Japan and it was there where WCW scouts sought him out uh steven regal was uh, implicit in bringing him into the company mm. saying you need this guy on our team and he debuted on saturday night uh wcw saturday night where he attacked steven regal as oh, he jumped over must, the crowd must have been shown a clip of that then mm. yeah because i remember i remember seeing it but i couldn't remember if it had been part of a show he uh, he cuts a promo afterwards, uh, calling out Stephen Regal for four hundred years of tyranny from the English. Yeah, pigs. that was it. Yeah, he kind of just goes on and on about it uh, as he's like beating him down, and it's like a mauling. It's not like he he's like proper going in on him, and commentary are kind of like whoa, like really drilling it home. 
But uh, if you listen to like Gentleman Villain, everything I've heard, and just in general, everything you hear about Finley, like everybody's just got nice things to say about him. Yeah. Uh, but he sounds like when you hear Eagle talk about him, it's like, Jesus, he is a terrifying person. Well, that was it. There was a point where he was talking about like the fact he can do something by just sort of going for somebody's hand and just literally just lightly with his two fingers, just grabbing their thumb and just destroying it, basically. <laughs> and I was like, what? He can just sort of, yeah, just a little whoop and that's it. Like, he wouldn't reveal what it was, but it's like, yeah, he could just cause great deals of agony by just the simplest little <laughs> things. And he wasn't somebody he wanted to mess around with. He was <laughs> no. a professional. Regal had a reputation in WCW being a, a very formidable, very tight worker. Yeah. Very professional, but very tight worker and very stiff at times, uh, but in like in a controlled manner. Mm. Uh, but when people saw what Finley did to Regal, there there wasn't a queue of people wanting to work with Finley because they're was, like, he is fucking But it tough. was a, it's an impact, though. That's the thing, because it, mm. it got like, not quite to the level where it was uncomfortable, but it got to the level where it was like, Jesus, this is like, blood feud these guys must hate each other like if you didn't know anything about him it's like well he they must know each other and he must hate him because the way he was just going in on him the way he was just like leathering him and stomping him and dragging him around the outside of that ring it was like this is personal this is a blood feud on top of everything else 400 years of tyranny mm. <laughs> it's all coming to a head uh so we're getting our look at the belfast bruiser here fit finley in his mad max era yes what is the the art the, the the mullet the mullet is everything the mullet <laughs> the leather jacket it's the weird oh. sort of half road warriors yeah shoulder pads it's sick man so it's it's it stands out yeah he jumps out at you he looks like you'll kick the absolute fucking shit out of you like it, it does the part you would not fuck with him if you saw him mm. in the street you'd just be like terrifying man and you'd, you'd just go about your day <laughs> Uh, Brad Armstrong, sadly, his day involves stepping up to him, and that's what's yes. happening here. But Brad Armstrong gets bigged up by Bischoff because he's going to be entering entered into the WCW Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, which is going to take place across two continents. Apparently. Or at least it was until this match involved a lot of hungry bomb. Come on, <laughs> pull your trunks out your ass. <laughs> Jesus, the entire match it was like a swimsuit issue. It was a there was a lot of hungry bottom. <laughs> Uh, Brad Armstrong and the Belfast Bruiser. It's an aggressive start for the Belfast Bruiser, as you would be shocked to hear. Uh, Armstrong lands a wonderful flying headlock at one mm -hmm. point to take the lead, but Finley breaks free, tries to break Brad's teeth on the ring apron. <laughs> just like bangs his yeah, head off the ring apron. Oh, thank you very much. He focuses on the leg, so a lot of a lot of leg strategy towards Brad. Stomps, an STF, a high angle half crab in there as well. Armstrong starts his comeback with a boot in the corner and a spinning head whip and then a back suplex. It looks like Brad's getting into it. And then off the top, off the ropes comes, uh, he bounces off the ropes as Brad Armstrong into a tilt-a-world power slam for the three. That was a fun move. There's also like a gnarly fall to the outside. Like it looked awful. Oh, they, it looked it looked like but it looked controlled, but it just looked really, really like horrible as a landing. That that made me kind of just whoa. Like that looked like that just sucked for everybody involved. Nobody was having a nice time on that yeah. one. And this was yeah, this was a very snug affair, but mm. Brad Armstrong held up his held his own, to That's be it. fair. Yeah, it's it's not like again, he doesn't look uh foolish in defeat or anything. He looked valiant. There was entire points where Finley was just, you know, like, go on, Armstrong, and just really mouthing off to him and stuff. Uh and you know, the commentary did their job in in building up Armstrong and so and, and with his several little comebacks and the moments where he was able to catch him short, it was a nice close 
affair the match. Mm. So I quite liked it. Uh, Finley shouts at the camera after the win. Where are you, Regal? I'm waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a match at Uncensored that Regal talked about on his podcast that has a lot of significance in their lives. And it is it gets quite bloody, right. and quite brutal. And on a show, the Uncensored show, I think we're watching it maybe next week after next. Right. I think the next night just to go home for it. Um, it features that awful doomsday cage bollocks. But then an undercard yes. that features Regal and Finley just beating the fuck out of each other. I'm, I'm game for it. I'll yeah, have a beer. Me too. I'll be, here. I'll be screaming bloody murder. Pizza, beer, me. and bloody murder. Yeah. That's on the cards. It is main event o'clock uh, as we see the WCW world champion make his way to the ring. Ric Flair with Woman and Elizabeth on his It's arms. Flabbage time, Tom. It's Flabbage. It's Flabbage. We've got time. Flair, we got Savage. It's Flabbage. It's the Flabbage. Yeah. Is that what we call it now? The Flabbage. Yeah. I like it. We got a Flabbage main event. Uh, Savage has his tassels back. He does, yeah. And he's a bit more savagey than last week, mm. which is nice to see. Steve Grissom, the Nitro car driver, is signing autographs at ringside, and he's also just holding up a big poster as well. <laughs> <laughs> Very. W- there was there was a segment that I believe has been cut either from Nitro on TNT or just from the network, right? Because in the Wrestling Observer for this episode. He, uh, Dave describes Dave Meltzer describes the following they interviewed Steve Grissom who drove the WCW race car to victory in the Goodies 300 in Daytona Beach on the mm. 17th of February they interviewed him the last week and there were meant to be another interview here they had Harlem Heat Sting and Lex Luger in the pit crew kind of funny to see four guys who are feuding working together in the crew and holding him up in the winner's circle after the race Grissom comes off as a nice guy but they devoted far too much time to this Grissom driving a Turner Network car came back and finished 27th in the Daytona 500 the next day which wasn't mentioned um it seems like there was a mention i think there was another segment with steve grissom right on top of the one from last week but it was cut from the network or cut from the whole show well just in the off the back of that in regards to the fact that they're all kind of appearing there even though you know you've got various people who are kind of in the middle of feuding or whatever mm. uh, i think it's just a case of if your boss came to you and went, hey do you want to go and do the pit at daytona 500 but you have to be around these cunts you go yeah yeah i'll do it it's like behave yourselves all right yeah be all right, yeah. yeah. Worth doing it. Why not? Worth doing. <laughs> <coughs> it's, it's a fun story to tell. It's a lovely story to tell the kids. I was changing car. I was changing wheels at the, at the Daytona 500. Yeah. Every time I see Daytona 500, it, the, the video game is Daytona. Daytona. Have you seen the video of him singing it recently? Well, recently, I think it was like maybe eight years ago now. But there was a there's a re-recording of him singing it. I'll I'll give you it because it's uh, it's just him like singing it to a camera and stuff it, it's it's awesome but i'll send you the link oh please do i was gonna see whether it was on the youtube it is on youtube but if you play it it, it might cause issues oh. so, <laughs> i believe it had a release and everything full of swearing <laughs> <laughs> uh so flair still has savage's name on the belt mm-hmm. and this is a ploy to mock him yes which is fun uh, Savage angrily spits at Ric Flair mm-hmm. and starts striking from the off. Corner punches, getting countered with an inverted atomic drop, which gives Flair a little... And at this point, I will take over because Mongo starts going on about how Randy Savage is actually a computer-guided Patriot missile before <laughs> Heenan sheepishly cuts him off, right? Now, I'm not a person that usually just lets little factoids like this go. And so I did some digging and I clearly believe there's truth to it and I'm going to explain why. Uh, so perhaps the most often cited example of proof on this matter is simply a matter of timescale. Uh, so fact, Randy Savage and the MIM-104 Patriot first reached initial operation capacity around 1984. Now, 
Randy'd been working away diligently in the territories or the lab, but people could say that by 1984, he was destined for much greater things. Uh, he'd finally reached operational capacity, <laughs> you could say, uh, and he was finally, you know, finely tuned and, and ready for a real challenge. The MIM-104 Patriot missile is listed as working away from 1981, just like Randy was, but fully sorted and ready to go on to a new challenge by 1984. When does Randy debut for this big national level challenge? 1985. Oh, five. Right. Was he less characterized and slightly more mechanical in this initial phase? Yes. Of course he fucking was. Was he beeping in the ring and accidentally shooting fireballs into the front row? Yes. Uh, <laughs> did anybody say anything? No, but there's a theory why. And this is that various men in black suits were actually seen to visit the houses of the affected families in the front row. Now, some say it's a coincidence that the front row all lived on the same street together and that this may have just been, you know, Christian um, missionaries going door to door, you know, knocking. Uh, but I think it's a lot deeper than that. And I think that you'll all agree. Another fact here, Randy Savage and the MIM-104 Patriot Missile are both wild and crazy guys. Of course, both are very explosive. Both enjoy a good processed off-cut beef and, uh, beef and chicken stick. Uh, both are known for their wild and outrageous hats and entrance robes. And both have a deep love and appreciation for Sir Edward Elgar. Uh, another fact, <laughs> Randy Savage once stayed at downtown. This one's damning. Uh, once stayed at a downtown Atlanta hotel after a nitro taping and the staff swore up and down that his sweet stank of rock and rocket propellant for three months after his visit. Uh, there were also concentrated blast patterns on the wall that are consistent with calibration of jet propulsion systems. Now, the level of charring would indicate light or accidental firing and the room had to be decommissioned and it's now used as a store cupboard to kind of keep away would-be investigators, as they like to call us. Uh, fact, Randy Savage was well known to downplay the relevance of other missile systems. Uh, in his 1995 <laughs> address to the nation, he very famously targeted the dated Nike Hercules surface-to-air missile system, calling it weak, saying that he could snap it in half like a Slim Jim, that it couldn't wrestle its way out of a paper bag, never mind a decent, sorry, never mind be a decent mid-range defensive system for Uncle Sam. Meltzer then wondered loudly in the press, you know, as he does, why such a talent would take such an interest in the defense systems of the U.S. military. But while he played journalist and spread all that misinformation, uh, we all knew the truth you know we all knew the truth it was also the moment uh, in time that saw what randriot observers that's what we're called uh have to we've come to refer to it as the slip up uh <laughs> where in the middle of one of his classic tirades as he went to sign off with his catchphrase oh yeah uh a mandatory kernel update to his firmware occurred uh and basically uh, he was just stood there beeping on the spot his wig fell off there was a little sticker that said property of the u.s army you know, there's a lot of gravity that goes into How this, How long was he Tom. beeping for? It was just a couple of seconds, but it was enough. Long enough. Yeah, and he kind of shuddered, the wig moved, and there was a sticker, so, you know? <laughs> WCW explained it away by saying that maybe he was going to have a more futuristic gimmick as we approach the millennium. Like Techno Team 2000. They went to try and, yeah, they went to try and get him into the lead role of Universal Soldier 2 which would have maybe worked with it. He could have been beeping in that, couldn't he? <laughs> and he they released and nobody a beeping would have thought Randy otherwise. Savage silver watch, you know? <laughs> nobody would have thought otherwise. No. Wow. Fact. Randy <laughs> Savage would never go to hospital after his in-ring injuries. 
no matter how bad they were. In fact, a specially trained team of medics, we've only learned this through shoot interviews, by the way, a specially trained team of medics were always on hand to accompany him from town to town. The men were dressed in overalls, however, and had credentials that indicated they worked for Raytheon, which happens to be the weapons manufacturer behind the MIM-104 Patriot missile. Uh, now, Kevin Sullivan even claimed to have seen a doctor go into the garage that Randy was using for a dressing room with a blowtorch and a heavy-duty drill, uh, followed by intense clanging and banging, only for Randy to be walking around perfectly fine within an hour of that occurring. And if you still take all this on board and just do away with it, and you won't listen to me, and you won't listen to us, I think we need Randriots, to listen to you. You need to join the Randriot community. I'm telling you. But if you still got an issue with it, I ask you one simple question. Did you ever see Randy Savage and the MIM-104 Patriot missile in the same room together? And the answer to that is no. I'm trying to think if I did. You didn't, because it's never happened, because they're the same fucking person. Wasn't there a war games where the Patriot... No, no, no. That's that was... the Patriot. That's, that's, that's Dean the, Wilkes. That's it? Dean. I was thinking of Dean Wilkes. Yeah, no. Mate, I think... If this podcast is taken down after an hour... Wheels within fucking wheels. We'll know why. I wanted to check something whilst you were saying that that I think like really supports what you're saying. Because right. um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite surprising. And... I should have signed that all off with Checkmate Atheist, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, you know that um, they did a lot of weapons testing in Las Vegas. In like the in like the 80s. well, like Area Fifty One, yeah, sort of yeah. around there. Do you realize that, that an anagram of Randy Savage is Gray's Nevada? Just putting that out into the world. Any of you out there have family that work for Raytheon that can maybe confirm these theories? Uh, we've had enough denials. Thank you very much. Yeah, if you're gonna um, call, if you're gonna email and just say join the Randriot community, courtholic.com forward slash Randriot. <laughs> uh, it's like Randy and Patriots stuck together. Let's see. There you go. Let's see. Well, this is if again, and if this this if this ends up on the dark web, then we'll know why. I think yeah. we, I think we'll have touched a nerve. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll have touched a nerve. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, we had Flair going. So Flair off was there going yeah. off, but not as much as Savage was going off. Look well, he you. wasn't going off that much. Not that. Well, know. not enough yeah, not to cause yeah. issue. Not enough to, to arise, arise suspicion. Yeah, Randy's kind of struggling with flair at this point, though, isn't he? Yes. He's got flair, he's got Liz on the outside. Commentary are really drilling in the fact that this is... Uh, it's kind of emotional for him. He's getting a bit too uh, caught up in everything, and maybe that's what's causing him to, to get a little distracted here so that flair's able to just lay it in. They really graph these two. Mm. They really work hard in this match. It's nice to see it. A little bit stalling suplex. I bet flair knows the truth. I, well, I, I, to grapple somebody, you'd feel the metal, wouldn't you? You, you? you know, must have been a few times where he whispered into Savage's ear, like, oh. They talk about breaker. Screwjob being the greatest work of all time. Mm. Mm. Screw. What about job. Randy Savage forward slash? Job screw. Know, Patriot missile. <laughs> MIM 104 Patriot missile defense system. Try Googling that. Yeah. Is it funny that when you Google Randy Savage Patriot Missile, nothing comes up about it? Exactly. I think that's worth mentioning. Except as well. if he wrestled the Patriot and there was a missile drop kick. Yeah, but funny how that's again that's funny how funny Wilkes. Funny how big so. search engine pushes that to the top. And yeah, not, and not the but truth. you know they they've got their own agenda. Mm, yeah, they, big big Google. Wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they were behind Cena. If I'm being honest. Oh, you know what? I just I've just it just occurred to me right. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. If you take out the H, mm -hmm. 
if you take off the the bottom bit of the Y, yeah. Uh, so it becomes a B, sorry, a V. Yeah. Move A along one letter, move right. it to the front. You've almost got Bovril. Wheels. Fucking Within hell. wheels. Within wheels. Tom, I'm starting to get worried now. This could be dangerous. <sighs> Big Bov is watching. Big Bob is watching. Uh, Elizabeth, okay, so Flair lands a lovely stalling suplex, a knee breaker, and the figure fall. Savage powers out of it by reversing the polarity. Uh, follows up with a backslide for just a doo. Good bit that sees Flair chopping. I love this, but actually, it's Flair starts chopping Savage, mm-hmm. and then Savage hits the ground, pops, bring back up, punches Flair. Flair chops Savage down, bring back up. Just keeps popping up and getting angrier every yeah. time. That was a cool bit. Uh, however, it doesn't, it just, you know, eventually Flair starts to beg off. We see Elizabeth run distraction and woman throws the shoe into That's the ring. That's it. This is what you mentioned earlier. Randy catches it this Randy time. Randy Bob, Andy catches yeah. the shoe, Andy. And uh, Savage hits Flair with it. Now, this is where, again, it's a hot mess of a finish. Yeah. He gets two because what I think happens is woman hits him, mm-hmm. but she's like hidden under the apron and just goes, because I can't see any of the reason why it would have been a two. The bell starts to sound as if the match is finished. Yeah. Which again confuses people. So it was out of three. Is that how he wins it? And uh, it's not. Arn Anderson at this point hits the ring and, and drops Savage with a spine buster. And then we go, oh, okay, now the match is thrown out. So Hogan at some point runs out here because reasons. Well, he's going to run out because I'm sure at some point in this match, Randy actually locks his own figure four in, yeah. uh, stealing Hogan's spot from earlier in the night. So when we're sitting here going off on Hogan, maybe we should be going off on Randy. Maybe Randy's been stealing Hogan's shit all along. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, Let's... maybe maybe Hulk Hogan had Slim Jims and said, oh, yeah. Maybe Hulk Hogan had big yellow wings for one of the manias, but Randy nicked it. Do you think Hogan knew? What if Hogan, oh, Hogan must have known? They were tag team partners. Yeah, but I feel like they kept very separate lives. Maybe he didn't know. Could you imagine not knowing? And then going, and but then kind of go, and then people asking you forever, how did you not know? Yeah, and it, just... they wouldn't believe you because it's like he's a he's a MIM one hundred four Patriot missile system. Yeah, it's like I didn't like you don't. He has you, a launcher, Terry. You don't. He, he has <laughs> wheels, Terry. How? What have you been seeing this whole time? You don't instinctly check though. Like I. <laughs> Like, I, for one, have never checked that the woman that I'm marrying is an an MIM F4 Patriot missile. Like, I've, and it's, and it's not out of laziness. I just, it just hasn't crossed my mind to check. Well, I think you need to go home with a big magnet. I think I do. And find out. You know, that must be. uh, Well, that's on my mind now. Randy must have driven or gone by boat everywhere. They must have, yeah. Yeah. If. You'd think Hogan would have known. Maybe they could fold him down, though. Maybe he turns into a suitcase. So, but who carries him? Uh, it's just some bloke. <laughs> <laughs> just some bloke. His name's Dennis or Malcolm. I don't know. Some fucking bloke. Just carries a suitcase shit like a Randy Savage. Just put him in the post. <laughs> Maybe that's how they save money on transport. They just post him to every location they're going to be. Yeah. That'd be funny. And when you see like UK Randy Savage, that's just some uh, Randriot who's trying to start their own little thing and make their own. But it's highly are, ill-advised. Are, are they a missile? So that's a homemade missile? Yeah. So that's why they, the kind of, they don't quite look right. Mm. They don't quite fly the same way. And they, they go off quite, quite easily. the same way. Or snap into a Slim Jim the same way. <laughs> <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> what the fuck have I just no. gone on about for like half an hour? The truth, mate. <laughs> the truth. You've gone on about the truth. The ultimate tinfoil time. Right. Jesus. Flair, Arn, Sullivan. They're beating up Savage and Hogan. This is lopsided. If only somebody could come out and save the two top baby faces of WCW. Maybe Sting, you know, such a WCW guy. Maybe Lex Luger. No, not him either. Not him. I mean, who else is there? I'll tell you who there is. Show him, Sam Driver. <laughs> I expected to say beef or oh booty. Sam's holding up a sign on the Patreon that says beef or oh booty. <laughs> Who is this? Say commentary. I don't like how. How can you? Because obviously they can't probably use Brutus Beefcake. They can't. They tried this. They played this game before when he debuted. They were calling him the Clip Master. Yeah. Uh, and WWF went fuck off. You can't be a barber. Yeah. A barber. But the thing is, he looks identical to Brutus Beefcake. Every single person in that room probably knows that's Brutus Beefcake. Um, I'm sure that Brutus Beefcake would have probably been fine. Maybe. Because as long as it wasn't a barber. Call him Brother Brutai. They did oh, call him Brother, Brutai, Brutai, Brutai yeah. for a while. But uh, Bish- I just like calling him Beefer. Beefer's a good name, yeah. isn't it? Who is this? Well, we're going to call him something else in a minute. Who is this? And then Eric Bischoff has a little moment when... So this guy, this mystery person, basically puts Flair and Arn on their asses While doing a whole Ultimate Warrior thing. Yeah, while like throwing his arms around with tassels, looking like an Ultimate Warrior tribute. Yeah. Uh, as he turns around, so we see his face for the first time, Bischoff, in his defense, goes, Wait, is that... It doesn't quite finish his There thought. isn't a man that's that shiny at this time it in hangs the world. around Hogan. Yeah, there just isn't. He's the shiniest, most oiled up, stripperiest wrestler this side of Marcus Bagwell. He chases off the the horse, <laughs> the horseman and the Dungeon of Doom single-handedly, then comes back to the ring to hot dog grandstand a bit with Hogan and Savage. Uh, as they're doing that, Flair, same as last week, is on commentary talking about how brilliant they all are, yeah. despite the fact that while they won their matches, they are in their asses handed to them. They get chased away by this unknown newcomer! And then Hogan gets on the mic and delivers the clumsiest debut setup for anyone. Because bear in mind, <laughs> right? And and we know yeah. it's Ed Leslie. We can we have eyes. And they know that see. everybody knows it's Ed Leslie, but we all know as well that they're probably gonna have to give him a different name. But I even at that time. I'm watching this and going, okay, I'm a new person. Mm. Tell me who this debut is. I've never watched WWF, and and I don't know who this person is. I'm Tell all about me. Hot Lanter and its crazy yeah. wrestling scene. That's all I am. Yeah. Tell me their story. And the best that we get is Hogan screaming onto the uh, commentary mic, the booty man can get it done. Six-man tag next week. Booty, booty, booty. He's never met a booty. He couldn't kick. The booty man is back on track. Who's the booty man? We've never met the booty man. He's back on track. But he was, when, when was he even at the station? When was he put on the track? I, I just... Booty Man is real bad. I, it's it, it, fucking it's, it's, awful! It's like Booty Man and Fat Chick Thriller are like, I think, for me, maybe my two worst WCW names, like gimmick names in general. But Jesus, Booty Man? I do, okay. Like, the, what is it? What? The name I can take all... Right, the name is the name. The name is the name like, is Mr. the name. Mr. Ass is, the name. is fine for some reason, but <laughs> Booty Man just sounds so like... 
shit. The name is the name is the name is the yeah. name is the name. The the issue is that we've not seen this guy before. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yes, Tell we me have. that on commentary. No, we haven't. It is. Yes, we have. <laughs> they they have told this story right. That only if you're really paying attention mm. do, do, are you able to, on your own, connect the dots. Because fuck me, commentary don't do it for you, which is what they fucking should be doing. And right? the fact that, you know, he has an entirely different hair color. There's nothing that indicates he was formerly Zodiac. There's not even like a hint. There's nothing, no. you know, and uh, it's, it's you know, could have had some sort of more clarity with, you know, Dungeon of Doom maybe. They're kind of going, what are you doing here? Yeah. But it's almost like they just want to kind of make them two different characters. That's the Zodiac from the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Could you not have had him come out in the Zodiac gear and then start beating everyone up? Hold on, lads. He's beating the shit out of Hogan. He pulls out some makeup wipes. <laughs> Sits down in a chair, has his hair bleached, gets up. <laughs> <laughs> While they're all waiting for him to Hogan come back. Hogan is just mush by this point. He's just like, right. <laughs> Poses. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan in the in the strongest bit of gaslighting I've seen on wrestling in a while acts like the booty man has just been around forever and yeah. it's our fault for not remembering as he tries to set up a six man tag booty man gurns and hot dogs to the camera as Hogan says get the match done Mean Gene comes over and and basically tries to to put Hogan's words together like so much shit Lego and says, are you saying that you and Savage and this booty man want to face Sullivan, Flair and Anderson next week? And Hogan's like, yeah, it's what I want. Obvious, isn't it? They all storm off after this, all going out together as friends. Savage at no point acknowledges the booty man. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. And uh, and that's how Nitro ends. We're getting a six-man tag next week with Bifa Obuti teaming to face Hogan and Savage. Now, in, in somewhat in WCW's defense, uh, they will on commentary, I believe, next week or even the week after, kind of fill in the gap here. Where He's but, called the fucking booty man, Tom. I don't give a shit about filling in gaps. He's called the booty man. It's one gap down the middle. It's 1996 now? <laughs> yeah. Booty man. The booty man. Booty man. I don't get the booty man. Booty man. Don't get it. Don't get it. Well, there was a list of names, and they went, booty man. There you go. <laughs> I, why not just keep Brother Brutai? Toby's first promo is just like, and I'm the wrestler that fucking loves butt stuff. <laughs> I like bottoms, me. I'm a bottom man. Bring, bring. Yeah, we they will fill in the gap and they will reveal on commentary, maybe next week, that this is the Zodiac, mm. but he was the booty man all along, but he pretended to he be the Zodiac because he was a mole. Within and and it's my it's my biggest frustrating most frustrating wrestling trope and we're about to see it on the classic SmackDown review with Steve Austin joining the Alliance right. It's the thing of when you are in allegiance with somebody and you're working behind the scenes, you on the regular get the shit beaten out of them by that person. That really, it's I find it difficult to suspend my disbelief yeah. when I realise that oh Zodiac's been in cahoots all along, but you'll get. 
bopped by Hogan on the regular. Now, to be fair, last couple of weeks we've seen him, he wasn't, and he was defending Hogan. It, to be fair, if you had Brutus Beefcake running around, what are we doing today, Terry? Terry, what are we doing today? Yeah. Are we going to go to the shops? You're going to take me to the park, Terry? Terry, we're going to go to the park? We're going to go see the other, the other barbers? Terry? Terry barbers? Are we barbers, see the Terry? Other barbers? And then Terry's just like, how about you join the Dungeon of Doom, right, as my spy? <laughs> and then he fucks off and he's like, right. That's him taken care of. And then every time they get in the ring, he's like, I've just got to hit you as hard as I can because then people will believe <laughs> it. And it's just a case of Hogan sent him there as punishment. <laughs> it that's, also, what, that's, that's my belief. It also that's my worldview on it. It also retcons the whole 1994, he butchered a friendship thing. <laughs> well, the last time we saw them two sort of in the same, properly in the same dimension yeah. was the butcher versus Hulk Hogan in the main event of fucking Starcade. Because fuck, oh Jesus H Christ, and here we are again. Hogan's got his, after after Brutus bombed as a main eventer. Hogan's got him another gig as a main eventer. Yeah, it's wow. Like, you know, he's got a good body, but it's it's just he's got a good booty. He's the fucking booty man. He's the booty man. Booty 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 booty. Oh. Hogan loves it, but Hogan, Hogan did does. an awful job of explaining. I, I'm it. sure that that Terry Belair would also take the gimmick of the booty man if it was offered to him in a heartbeat. I guarantee <laughs> you, he would. <laughs> Bloody hell. That's Nitro! Yeah. Did you have a lovely time? Yeah, it was good. It's probably yeah. the longest one we've ever done. It is the longest one. It isn't a watch along. Which is hilarious because yeah. uh, it was a really, short, really nothing episode of Nitro with some replays and a re the debut of the Booty Man. We had a good chat. We had a lovely you know, chat. We exposed, uh, you know, the, the conspiracy surrounding Randy Savage and the uh, you know, the Patriot missiles. And we did indeed. Yeah. And that's ch and, and so therefore, I believe this podcast will only be online for maybe five minutes. Yeah. So, so if you manage just, to download just, it, congratulations. Yeah, get, it, get, it, get it listened to and yeah. uh, make sure you spread the word. Okay. Because they're probably going to come and take me out after this. So um, keep fighting the good fight and you might have somebody else here next week and I'll have just disappeared into the ether. Spread the word. Like and then I might big... return talking about Bovril. <laughs> Ties it together lovely. He is at the Sound Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we're at Goldonic on Twitter. Don't forget to bob roll. Drink or eat bob roll. Missiles. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.